Transfiguration is agnostic method of accomplishing the Endura, which is the process of completely replacing the mortal, separative, earth-born human being with the original, immortal, divine being, the true spirit human being intended by the divine plan of creation. Human being is a very complicated system. First, we must take into account that we consist of a mortal part and an immortal part. The mortal part is our personality. The immortal part is what we call the microcosm. If we focus on the mortal part, then we see that that part has a very complex composition. We all have a fourfold personality in which resides a threefold I consciousness. If we want to understand more about ourselves, we must investigate this threefold I consciousness. Taking a deeper look into the human beings, we can say that our physical body is not only a biological construction, but also a sophisticated matrix of energy, a true archetype made up of energy and matter. The body of energy that keeps the physical body functioning is known as the etheric double. Through the etheric body, all our reactions and perceptions pass through our body via the transmission system of very subtle energy known as meridians. These meridians are like a very fine threads through which our vital energy circulates and surrounds all our organs, limbs, muscles, nerves, and tissues, determining the renewal of cells, assimilation of nutrients, and the elimination of toxins. Through the astral body, the whole life of feelings and desires penetrates our seven chakras, the seven great wheels of energy found along our spine. They regulate the functioning of our entire endocrine system through the seven glands that coincide with the location of these chakras in our organism or that are activated by them. Through the mental body, all our thought life penetrates our brain our central and peripheral nervous system. Understanding this cellular memory that can turn genetic tendencies on or off is fundamental if we are looking at health from the perspective of the universal teachings. It becomes evident why the great majority of healing systems used today do not result in a complete balance nor in a definitive restoration of our health. We should always treat our organism with respect, minimizing the effects of the inherited tendencies and limitations which we all possess, but which are different for each of us. Of course, 
human beings should always seek the best treatment within their reach to restore the health of his or her body. Today, it is impossible to imagine life without modern science. The early scientists began to work towards a rationally controllable way of carrying out research. As this process developed, human intuition was increasingly excluded from scientific thinking, and today it has little or no role to play. The American historian Lash points out that the result of this is a culture focused on self-reflection and self-development, where people are overly concerned with themselves and consequently no longer able to recognize nature, culture, or any other form of life as important as themselves. The environment, society, and the human body, according to Lash, now pay the price for this unbalanced perspective. The nucleus of consciousness has been formed over the billions of years of the evolution of life on our planet, growing slowly from a physical, almost automatic consciousness of single-cell organisms to complex beings such as plants and animals. And in today's human beings, at a certain point in their evolutionary history, when the mind grow and become matured enough, this nucleus of consciousness became self-aware, became aware of its own existence. From the moment we became self-aware, our consciousness separated itself from the whole, separated from the immense river of life that flows throughout the universe. From the moment we have become self-aware and with our minds said the word I for the first time, this I has become for each one of us the central illusion of all life, of the world, and universe. In this immeasurable universe, our tiny eye became the center of everything, converting, transforming us irreversibly in egocentric beings. On the basis of the old egocentric human consciousness, wholly focused on self-development and submerged in our own eye, the divine new man of the spirit cannot be developed. On the other side, we can think of Buddha, of Jesus, of Krishna, or of Hermes or Zoroaster. All these human beings surpass the frontier of egocentrism, overcoming it in themselves, and profess the path that can take us from self-awareness, consciousness, to a new consciousness, a path that was often symbolically expressed as a miraculous path where human beings were healed of their ills. What the universal teaching tries to convey to us is that there is a common evil, a singular great illness 
that must first be overcome if we want to join a completely new and different way of life. It is the disease of egocentrism, the fundamental disease of self-centeredness will need to reach a point of saturation for the individual and all of humanity collectively until we awaken to that which awaits us beyond the border of our own eye. The human being who awakens from his egocentrism will find that he or she also inhabits a cell of the universe, a micro-universe, a microcosm. And when we awaken from the deep sleep of our egocentrism, we recognize the grand dimension of our lives which we have overlooked. Ironically, it is as if humanity had stopped in adolescence and its adult phase continued a process full of anxiety and tension built in the construction of the individuality. It is as if a caterpillar decide, decided to live its entire life as such, counting and accumulating leaves, not even dreaming of the possibility of undergoing another transformation process, and believed that those who return like butterflies flying over the branches of trees where she finds herself are supernatural beings whose glory to her is unattainable. The universal teaching calls this moment the awakening unto new life. The symbolic language of the gospel called it born again. The Rosicrucians called it the blossoming of the rose, the blossoming of the rosebud, of the universal principle in our heart. We perceive, the, we, we perceive with some clarity the impact that the inner world of our consciousness causes on the balance and health of the body. But we still don't really know how to intervene and transform this inner world. In this way, the universal teaching comes to our aid and reveals to us that the origin of thoughts, desires, and feelings not only come from our biological inheritance, but from the great accumulated memory in the electromagnetic field of the microcosm which we inhabit. This electromagnetic memory functions like a, a real program, a set of digital records that always again make a new state of consciousness arise and reproduce. Thus, for the state of consciousness to be transformed, we must first rewrite the records that make up the program, the source code from where they came, on the basis of a force superior to that which created them. And the only power capable of rewriting these records is found in the nucleus of the microcosm. It is the rose of the heart, the spark of the spirit. If this force awakens in our being and unites with our consciousness, 
then we will have a source of support so powerful that as Archimedes said, we will be able to move our entire inner world. The awakening of this spark will initiate the first process of healing, the healing of our egocentricity. And the first process of healing will unleash the second, allowing, allowing the new consciousness to begin to act upon its inner world as a powerful healing factor, like a powerful remedy for our endless worries, anxieties, and fears, which are the diseases of our soul. The new consciousness will be transformed then from the depths of the ancestral records, the code to our thoughts, feelings, desires, and reactions. And in the power of the spirit, our soul is then healed. If our conflicts are resolved through inner self-revolution, a new state of health will manifest itself in us. Not just our physical health, but in a healthy life overall, from our thoughts to the balance of our physical bodies. And this is a reflection of purification and transformation of our consciousness. At that moment, a deep peace of mind will arise within us as the innermost of our consciousness reconciled with the universal principle that was latent and freed itself from the clutches of the endless suffering of the egocentrism. At that moment, an undisturbed inner peace will also arise within us in the same way how thinking, feeling, desiring, and acting were brought into harmony with our true nature and thus freed from the autopilot conditioning that constrained us. And a stable, continuous, organic balance will also arise that allows our organism to function in the best possible way without the permanent stress of the attachments of egocentrism or the shadows of a life of inner conflict. We cannot, by our own power, construct that new body. We must build it in the power of the Spirit, God's Spirit, which manifests itself in the Spirit spark in our heart. For that is the only contact with our original state of being. This means that God's Spirit must manifest itself in us in our divine, immortal human form. Consequently, that means a change of our personality. Our old body must die. The new one must be born. Our I being, our self, the dark soul essence in us, our consciousness according to this nature, will have to descend from its throne. It will have to yield to a new consciousness 
a new universal consciousness, a cosmic consciousness. I, which is the creator of our delusions and the maintainer of our suffering and therefore our greatest enemy, this I must make way for him who was, who is, and who is to come, our true personality. This change of personality is a great and glorious process, a process in which the self, the old man, continually decreases, while the new man, the son of God, continually increases. Today, witnessing such an intense change in the world, countless human beings awaken to the fact that the health and balance of their lives should be the result of a more profound inner change, a change in the way of facing life, which will result in a new way of living. This is the rebirth and the essence of transfiguration, the Spirit of God manifesting itself again in His creation, the true original human being, perfect as He is perfect, and created in His image and likeness. In this process, the rose of the heart becomes so powerful, it takes control and completes the process of transfiguration.